So I want to talk tonight about um, one of my favourite topics, actually, yeah. St. Joseph. Um, but particularly St. Joseph um, as he relates to Advent. So we've not yet begun Advent. We begin in a couple of days. So actually, in a way, it's a good time to think about what Advent is going to be and what we want to make it. And I want to connect three things together. Um, so Advent, fatherhood, because this is a father's group, um, and St. Joseph. Um, St. Joseph being, you know, the foster father of the Lord Jesus. Um, and if I was going to kind of offer you a visual image, which I don't have a picture of, but a visual image to sum it all up, it would be the image of St. Joseph bringing the Blessed Virgin uh, to Bethlehem, bringing Jesus to Bethlehem. Um, so it's the father figure who brought Jesus by bringing Our Lady. Um, and so that, in a sense, is a, an image that sums up what your role as fathers in Advent can be in your different ways and families. So let's think about St. Joseph. Um, so St. Joseph doesn't get mentioned that many times in the Gospels. Um, where he is mentioned is in the beginning of the Gospels. Um, and if we look at St. Joseph, what do we find him doing more than anything else? We find him sleeping. Um, so he was sleeping when the angel told him um, that Our Lady was pregnant by the Holy Spirit. He was sleeping when the angel told him to flee before Herod was going to slaughter the children. And he was sleeping yet again when an angel appeared to him and told him to return to take the Holy Family from Egypt. So more than anything, we find St. Joseph sleeping. Uh, and I would suggest to you that the reason St. Joseph would have been sleeping was that he was working hard. Uh, so he's given to us as the image, St. Joseph the worker. Well, a man who works hard sleeps hard. He's tired. Um, so if St. Joseph, you know, he's recorded as sleeping, um, it must be because he was working. Um, and I think that's a good thought for Christmas and Advent because Christmas and Advent can be times of more work than the rest of the year. All the busyness getting ready for Christmas is work. Setting up the Christmas tree, getting the presents, the, the this, the that, the other. There's a lot of work building up to Christmas. Well, St. Joseph gives us a nice simple image of that when we think of him exhausted, sleeping, yet again. Now, another thing about St. Joseph as a role model for us. I'd suggest to you St. Joseph was someone who just got things done. Um, so there's some people that are always talking, always debating, always words, words, words. St. Joseph, in contrast, there's not a single word recorded that he said. So the Gospels record things he did, but nothing that he said. So he's often referred to St. Joseph the silent man, but the man who did stuff. So he, the Gospels say, he took Our Lady into his home. He took her to Bethlehem. He took her and the infant Jesus 
to the temple for the circumcision. Later, he took her and the infant to Egypt and then took them from Egypt to Galilee. And then, presumably, eventually, he dies, but without being recorded as having said anything. A lot of action, no recorded talking. And this, I'd suggest, is also a good model for our manhood, of getting things done. Um, the Christmas, I said a minute ago, you know, it's a busy time. Christmas is a time for getting things done. Um, the tree being put up, the moving of the presents, the hiding of the presents. Um, with your children presumably driving probably to more events than normal. Well, St. Joseph is a good model, getting things done. Maybe imagine him with the Nike slogan, just do it, that he, he got on and he, he did things. Um, okay, a different thought about kind of how he did things and kind of what primarily he was doing. Um, and if we think of what St. Joseph was doing, his doing is pretty much all about helping Our Lady. That who physically brought Jesus into the world? Well, it wasn't St. Joseph, it was Our Lady. Um, St. Joseph actually wasn't even involved in the conception. Um, so he took a back seat, even in all what he was doing. He wasn't the primary actor in all that he was doing. Um, and he's a saint, so presumably he did that well. He was presumably somehow content to let Our Lady take the focal point of the activity. Um, and so I'd suggest to you, as a role model in this, therefore, this can be an image of how to relate to your wives, to help your wives in what they're going to be busy doing over Christmas and Advent, to be willing to, in a sense, take a back seat be willing to not let Christmas be about you. That loving, the um, theologians when they define it, it's about being concerned about somebody else. <coughs> loving is other-centred, it's not me-centred. Um, and in this sense, loving would be willing to let your wife be centre-stay. So even down to things like who gets the credit for the gifts that are given to the children um, that we all kind of want to be credited well to be willing to be happy to allow the credit that our wife's going to get to allow her to get her get it to be willing to not be centre stage ourselves and then in a different way of thinking that to care for your wives as St. Joseph cared for the Blessed Virgin. So you know, there's that pivotal moment early on in the narrative when he discovers that she's pregnant but he doesn't know how. How on earth is she pregnant? Well, it's, that's only one way people get pregnant and it wasn't him. Um, and he did what in the context of the time was the most caring thing he could do to put aside quietly 
Um, so it says he did not want to divorce her formally, where she would have been publicly in a very bad situation. So he cared in that sense. Then the image of the donkey is also pivotal in this regard. That, you know, the, the standard image of him leading the donkey. Um, so our lady's the one in the position of care on the donkey. He is helping. He's leading the donkey. Um, he's walking. Um, as an image of caring for the wife, caring for the one who's going to bring Christ into the world. Different thought again. Um, the need for forgiveness and tolerance um, in Christmas, especially. So, you know, Christmas is a time when there's usually lots of potential for friction, when there's more happening, potential for arguments, even though it's all about, you know, a festivity, having a good time. Um, if we're being precious, if we're being focused on ourselves, um, if we're not willing to let go, if we're not willing to forgive, then Christmas becomes pretty miserable. Um, well, if St. Joseph, we have this image of her, you know, this divorcing her informally, not being angry with her, not wanting to punish her, not to have her publicly stoned, um, well, we could take that as an image in your roles as, as husbands, um, to be wanting to forgive in anticipation the various moments in the Christmas busyness when there's going to be a moment needing forgiveness, to look to St. Joseph as a role model. Okay, another thing again. Um, and this is one of my favourite images about St. Joseph. Um, so he didn't say anything, nothing recorded. That also means there's no recorded complaint. And yet it seems to me he'd have had a lot to complain about. So, um, you know, the census happens just when Our Lady is pregnant. The census happens and he's got to take her just at that really awkward moment. That's when he's got to take her to Bethlehem and we don't hear him complain they get to Bethlehem and then there's no room at the inn and we don't hear him complain um, he then has to flee to Egypt to avoid the slaughter from Herod and we don't hear him complain and then even when he gets a couple of years later um, comes back from Egypt they can't go back to Bethlehem because Herod's son is ruling there now. So they have to go to Nazareth. Um, and we don't hear him say, this is the last straw. Um, even then, no recorded word of complaint. And this again, I think, is a lovely image for us to have for Christmas. St. Joseph not complaining. And whatever in what we're going to be doing over Christmas... You know, if we get into a spirit of complaint, we can ruin Christmas. 
Or we can take St. Joseph as a role model, choose not to complain, and enable Christmas to be a great thing. Two other things um, about prayer and our spiritual preparation for Christmas. Um, so Advent is about time, a time preparing for Christ to come. And pretty obviously we need to be praying if Christ's going to come. Um, and one of the images of St. Joseph is of him praying. Um, so you might have heard what's called um, a St. Joseph's meditation, when somebody um, falls asleep while they're praying. Um, oh, well, that's what St. Joseph was doing and God spoke to him while he was sleeping. Um, uh, we need to be praying. We need to be like St. Joseph. Um, that we can live a Christmas time where we're too busy to pray. We're too busy for Jesus, too busy to have the Lord come, too busy for Christmas to be Christmas. Or we can live an Advent and a Christmas where we make that time to pray and we say our, our night prayers, either with the family or alone or, or both, um, and our morning prayers, but that making time in Advent to pray. Um, and a particular pivotal way to do that is to go to confession in this season. So if you want to bring Christ into your family at Christmas, to make room in your heart for Christmas, and to make room in the hearts of your family for Christmas, um, then get into confession. So at Bethlehem, there was no room for him in the inn. And if our hearts are filled with sin, there will be no room for him there either. Whereas if we go to confession, if we cleanse our hearts, um, then there will be room for him. And to remind you of the point of the power of your children seeing you go to confession. Uh, that the model that gives your child, even when your child doesn't realise it's a model, but the model that of a man being humble enough, he doesn't hear what you say, but he knows you go in there to say something. Um, it's a, a powerful model to be giving them, um, especially in this season, but all through the year. Then our final thoughts. Um, in this season, the need for a balance between rest um, and work. So I said, you know, St. Joseph slept a lot. Um, but we need both work and rest and sleep in this season. So if we're going to enjoy this season, then your family need you to have had enough sleep to not be grumpy and disagreeable and whatever. Um, so it's not just deciding not to complain, deciding not to be grumpy, but actually to be humble enough, know our limits enough that if St. Joseph slept, um, you sleep too.
So to sum that all up, um, there's a phrase I'm sure many of you have heard before, go to Joseph. So in the Old Testament, um, Pharaoh um, told the Egyptians, go to Joseph and do what he tells you. Uh, and many saints down the ages have quoted this as applying to the new Joseph, the Joseph of the new covenant. That when we've got something we need to pray about, we've got something in our manhood we need help with, go to Joseph. Ask him. Do what he tells you. That's what Pharaoh said to the Egyptians. Do what Joseph tells you. Well, what does Joseph tell us? Well, he tells us by means of being a role model to us. So to repeat those points, to be silent as he was silent. To work hard and sleep hard. To simply get things done rather than complaining and moaning about doing things. And to pray so that God can speak to you as he spoke to Joseph. And be tolerant and forgiving as he was when he heard of Our Lady's pregnancy. And the final bit of that to repeat, go to Joseph not just as a role model, but as someone to pray for you. So he's hailed as the protector of the church. Um, ask him to be the protector of your family too. So that whatever your needs are, in your fatherhood, in your manhood, in the needs of your family, go to Joseph and ask him to pray for you.